Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Indie Popsicle. It's me, Carissa, and today we are joined by a very special guest, the musical artist Conduit. So welcome, welcome to the show, Bailey. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, and congrats, it's release day. You it just is. released Only Human EP as of, I guess, midnight today? Yes, midnight amazing so how are you feeling how are you feeling today it's very cathartic you know um i it's the biggest project i've released and um i i just feel really good about finally getting it out there you know i feel great about it It, it's a relief i'm sure that's so cool and i i gave it a listen this morning and just beautiful well done i I really appreciate that (laughs) all the different aspects of it the interlude i have to say was one of my favorites i've really been enjoying like instrumental pieces lately Mm. so that mixed with like the nature sounds the little birds chirping the rain falling or whatever you had going on there yeah rain i actually um you know what a zoom recorder is no i don't it's like a little handheld recorder And I recorded the nature sounds with it. And I also, I'm a music teacher and I went to the school where they have a real piano and I just (gasps) took my recorder and recorded me playing the piano. So like all those sounds are from like a little handheld recorder actually, which is cool. I love that. That is so amazing. I love that so much. So what kind of, what age group do you teach and what I, kind of music do you teach? I teach all kinds of music, all kinds of instruments and all kinds of age groups. I taught as young as three and I taught as old as like 65. I teach guitar. I teach drums. I teach ukulele, piano. Um, don't really have any bass students, but I could teach bass. Um, and yeah, you know, everybody wants to learn. My biggest thing as a music teacher is like to help people find what kind of music they enjoy playing. So, you know, where, what kind of music do you like? What genres do you want to play? So um, it's not necessarily restricted to any genre. Sometimes it's super classical. Sometimes it's really rock and roll. Sometimes it's folk. Sometimes it's blues. Sometimes it's jazz. Um, sometimes it's like, metal death grips <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so, my jaw just like dropped i get that's so you i knew you played multiple instruments but i didn't realize you played that many that's so cool yeah actually oh the interlude i originally wrote on harp i used to have a harp <gasps> i was very obsessed with a harp i would dream about having a harp and so i went out and i rented a harp <laughs> And I wrote, it's, you know, each instrument, I feel like it's easier to write certain melodies on different instruments. And I wrote that interlude on the harp and I was just so obsessed with the melody. I started transposing it to guitar because Gemini Rising has elements of that melody in it. So it started off on harp. I put it to piano. Now it's the interlude. And then, you know, I worked it into a guitar. Then it's Gemini Rising. So yeah, it's nice to play a bunch of instruments because one sound on one instrument becomes a whole nother story and song on another instrument sometimes. That's beautiful. That it truly is just so, oh my gosh. And when did when did you start playing the harp? Well, I don't even have the harp anymore post-COVID, okay. but I played the harp for about a year and a half, almost two years. And that was like, you know, the couple years before COVID. So 
It's a very okay. intuitive instrument. It's actually um, the way that the notes are arranged. Uh, it's actually not hard to make it sound good. I would have people come over and I would be like, I know you want to strum this harp. <laughs> strum it. It's going to sound good. That's so great. And I mean, like, I feel like every note on like just the harp in itself you could do anything and it's like wow pretty. you know right. the harp is such an ethereal instrument I don't think anybody everybody looks at the harp and it's like it's like gives you this sense of awe it's ancient it's an ancient instrument really oh that's I mean it yeah it is it's like because but I'm I'm thinking I went to like a Christian school when I was younger and we talked about biblical instruments and what was used for praise and worship and I think like even they say like David he played the harp in the field or like a little lyre while he was a shepherd and like yeah. that's I don't know I think that's really it's pretty dope like that we still have these instruments today that were used like a thousand over a thousand years ago you know speaking of that it's like the sound bath I just facilitated you know I use a gong and I use Tibetan bowls and it's like you know music before it was a whole industry, like humanity found music for its healing therapeutic effects. So when you think about instruments that were made back then, like that's that's what they were used for. Like harp today, there's harp music therapy where people like are literally harpists going to just like a music therapist. So yeah, the there's so many things I could really say about the harp and ancient music, but it's magical. That's what I'll say. <laughs> that's so beautiful. I love that so much. I keep using the word beautiful, but like that's all that it's just incredible. I love that so much. <laughs> What's your favorite instrument to play? Um, I would say it definitely depends on the song, but I'm 100% the I'm best at guitar. Guitar has been what I've played the longest. And the more you are with an instrument, it's like the better you're able to actually get out what you want to hear. So I feel like I just play guitar the most um, and I'm you know, able to create things easier because I have that comfortability with it. So I'd say guitar probably. Okay. And if I'm not mistaken, is that what you've been playing since you were five? I know you said I, I've read so, you wrote your first song at five. I wrote my first song at five, which was essentially poetry. But as a child, I was like telling my parents, like, this is a song. And let me sing you this song. And I always wanted a guitar. I had a guitar at that age. But like I self-taught myself guitar really at like 10, even though I would wow. write songs. When I was five, I realized like song communicated things that would that a conversation couldn't and I would listen to the music of that day and age which was like <laughs> like Linkin Park <laughs> Eminem Mike, Nickelback like but I would listen for the song structure like I started realizing there's verse and there's chorus and like different things happen in the verses and choruses. And so I started writing essentially poetry, writing lyrics in the light of how a song is structured. And then I had a guitar and I would like me putting guitar to um, music. I remember at one point I wrote this song called Red Socks and I had a lot of siblings growing up and I would like assemble them all and make them like, you know, like play different things. <laughs> 
and I'm like learning guitar and I want so bad to put guitar. I'm just like, you know, fantasizing about how I can make music go with my lyrics. And I would literally just make a four note riff. It would be like, boom, 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 boom. And I would play it like, <laughs> you know, four different times in a song. So I didn't really start playing guitar like seriously, I feel like until I was 11 or 12, you know, it's really hard okay. for people to self teach themselves guitar, mainly, especially if you don't have anybody, you don't have any like resources, internet wasn't as like prominent, right, then right. it wasn't like you could go on YouTube, I had a book, you know, but nobody under it, nobody, it's not the same, it's not the you same. Can't. People don't tell you you need to have calluses. Like, it's going to hurt your fingers. <laughs> yes. You know, as a guitar teacher now, I tell my students, like, I know that, like, <laughs> you're looking at me like I'm crazy when I'm asking you to do these chords. But just do it every day. And then next month, you really will get it down. So learning music, like, learning the instrumentation was really such a slow process for me because it was self-taught. And it's, I think it's much harder to teach guitar, self-teach yourself guitar. When I got a piano, I was maybe like 14. And um, it was a lot easier to write on piano, just the way that the sure, instrument is yeah. laid out. So the more instruments I got and the more I learned a little bit here and a little bit here and a little bit here, the more... Um, it contributed to my overall songwriting and, you know, ability to play different instruments. It wasn't until like much later on where I was already like writing. I was already like realizing what chords I liked the sound that went together. And at this point I had already like written music with lyrics and I ended up getting a guitar teacher. I was just so, I was so hungry to learn about every aspect of music when I was younger. And, uh, yeah, when you don't have a musical household, you know? That was good. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, did, were you growing up around musical No, people? not at all. Oh, okay. Not okay. at all. And, you know, I definitely was, like, the sibling who made a lot of the games. So, like... What's your sibling placement? Which... What's the order? I have... So, my parents are divorced. So, me... Okay. I, I am the second oldest of my older brother. And okay. then I have two... Um, half siblings and a step sibling and you know they're like five six years younger than me so okay. at my mom's house there's like four of us <laughs> right you know <laughs> we've got vocals we've got drums we've got bass you got the whole band <laughs> yeah I remember when I was 12 I ended up getting an eight track recorder and my brother my younger brother had bunk beds that like one went you know how, like, instead of them laying right over each other, they were laying, like, uh, perpendicular. So we yes. created a yes. sound booth under the bunk bed, and we, like, <gasps> wired things. And I wrote a song for my younger brother to perform so I could record him. It was called Pretty Lady because he wanted it to be about, <laughs> like, him being in kindergarten, liking women. And so I'm like, I'm going to write a song about you liking your teacher. And... <laughs> <laughs> You know, we recorded the thing. It was, it's wild how, you know, in hindsight, music was such a, it was a discovery tool, but it was also like, it's playful, you know? That's so good. Yeah, I have, 
three younger siblings I love and then an older half sister I didn't grow up with but you know when you all wanted to like put on a little show or do something like there were that's I guess that's what's good that's enough I mean one of my brothers he's four and a half years younger than me then my sister's eight years younger than me and my youngest brother's 10 years younger oh, wow. than me. so there's a bit of a disconnect but like going home and visiting them now it's so cute to see like the way they bond and stuff Aww. but I was the only like artistically interested like interested in the arts out of them at first like I played piano for a solid five years and then I yeah yeah I fifth grade to eighth eighth grade I think okay so I guess that's four but yeah I I stopped in high school I wish I didn't stop never too late to start it again exactly exactly (laughs) and that's what's great about like the piano I feel like it's pretty like almost like riding a bike like I'm sure if I sat down with it I could pick it back up I think music very much is that way you're right that's and so you play a lot of instruments but what's one instrument you wish you could play one instrument I wish I had and if I had this instrument I would play it actually when I was doing my sound bath trainings I did play this instrument but I can't really say that I played I played it one time um (laughs) a han pond you know what a han pond is I don't it's a Okay, you know what a steel drum is? Yeah. Okay, steel drum, like you use mallets and it's basically a metal bowl. So think about yep. a metal bowl that becomes like you flip it upside down and now it's a dome. And think about like two domes put together. So you put it in your lap. You might have seen these on the internet, but okay. you like it's a metal drum that you put in your lap to play or you put it on a stand and it's like you. You just hit it and it makes all these tones like a steel drum, but you're using your hands and you can bring out different harmonics depending on like how you touch it. It's pretty cool. It's very dreamy instrument. Ooh, so there's different like almost like vibrations, like the the way you move it and whatever touches it interacts. Yeah, it's going to sound okay. Another instrument I actually am obsessed with um, because I really have like a special place in my heart for string instruments is um the guchin or the koto have you heard of <laughs> i i'm learning so much today i haven't <laughs> they're like okay like imagine a steel guitar okay. which is like you know it's on it's like a table that's how you play it right okay yes but the yes. guchin and the uh and the koto are like the asian versions of that the guchin being like the chinese and the koto being the japanese version and um they are stringed instruments that are kind of like a harp you know it's kind of where the harp started because the harp became the guitar right? right so it is just an instrument the way you got to look it up. People play these kotos and the guchins and they're able to bend the strings. And my guitar style, I do a lot of sliding and bending because okay. um, it's just the movement of one note to the next is a bit more like organic and smooth. And I'm just like really obsessed with that sound. It sounds really soulful to me. And the guchin and the koto are like, are like, ideal for that if you've ever heard a steel guitar that's where they use the slide on it you know I think okay is steel guitar used in like bluegrass and stuff like that it can be it can be it can be used in yeah blues it's like it's like me like it's very much of a (laughs) slide 
with the Guchen and the Koto, it's like they, if you play a note, a string, and you bend that string, it like changes the pitch, right? It's not like boom, boom. It's like boom. It like evolves into that tone. And so the way that the Guchen and the Koto are set up is to create that effect. And I just think it's beautiful. Plus, it's like obviously related to the harp. And I actually have a lot of Guchen and Koto music in my playlist. (laughs) I'm going to have to start either listening to your playlist or incorporating some more into mine. I'm going to send you some Guchen Koto music. It's going to rock your socks. Awesome. And I mean, for those listening, I think we're going to link this playlist in the description so that awesome. you could listen to a Kuchin and a Koto as well. Yeah, we got to expand our horizons, Especially you know? if you're getting into instrumental music. Super great. Yes. Super great. Oh, yes. I have been obsessed with Adrian Lanker's mm-hmm. Instrumentals album. She released like a sister album. Like one was with like lyrics and words and the other was just instrumentals. And she recorded it on, I'm pretty sure, like a little tape recorder out in the middle of the woods, like during quarantine. And it's just her guitar, her acoustic guitar, and the sounds of nature and chimes. I love that. It is beautiful. It is he- soothing, healing. Like if you're crying and you just start playing that and breathing, you feel so much better. It's so good. I love that. I love when m- music can be simple and impactful. Yes, exactly. It's so simple. It's so incredibly simple, but it's so, oh, it's so soothing. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so I take it, since you do all this, did you produce the the EP yourself as well? Recorded it all, produced it all, mixed, mastered it all, and I will be performing it all as well. <laughs> That's am- that is so great. That Good for you. Thank you. I, I love that. I hope that someday, like, post-quarantine post-covid so funny to say that a post-covid world I hope you get there but that you get to like go to like an audio tree or something like that and do one of those performances oh, yeah that would be, that would be cool. fantastic because like I have you seen them where they like the artists like I see I'm very bad with musical terms but like they'll play something record part of it start looping it and then playing more and they do mm. that all live and like does that make no, sense? that makes sense. I love that. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's really cool to watch. I don't know. I'm always so like, I can't think of the word, but cap- like captivated. Yeah. yeah, captivated, I guess, by it. It's so cool to watch. How people use technology when they perform is still something that I am navigating for sure. So uh, people looping things, it's very impressive to me. Yeah, I all of it impressive <laughs> so I'm like way to go that's amazing <laughs> oh man but yeah so what's your favorite what's your favorite song off the EP um I would say my favorite song is probably getting used to um okay it's you know sometimes I feel like uh not necessarily the the best single or the best bop <laughs> is um my favorite just because getting used to I mean I started writing music from a very young age and um I wrote it because I was like a very loner isolated child like and I just wanted to be by myself and I wanted to explore myself in that way and it was definitely a way for me to like 
understand um, my emotions and getting used to is like just the epitome of that for me, of that sacred space and of um, being vulnerable. And it gives me that song. It, I almost, <laughs> you know, my music is soulful. I told somebody the other day, I was like, I feel like my genre is almost emo because <laughs> it's emotional, <laughs> you know? There's something bittersweet it is, about it. it is. I feel like I sing so much I, about grief and grief has such a bittersweet feeling. It's like, you kind of feel sad, but, but there's something empowering on the other end of it. And I wrote Getting Used To when I was like super, um, depressed and going through stuff um going there's been a lot of that yeah. there's been a lot of that I was going through like a lot of um personal matters with family and mm-hmm. um I just really wrote getting used to like as a way to process and deal with that and it still is that for me so that's why it's like I cry to that song all the time <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. That's so vulnerable. And I know that takes a lot to do. So I, I love hearing the inside scoop on songs and that it like, it puts it in a whole new perspective when you hear like the, what, what the artist really meant, you know, it's not like you're not left with questions. It's like, okay, wow. That's, but I think songs that still can have multiple meetings are really cool too, that's but great. thank you for sharing Absolutely. that. Yeah. And I think I'm thinking the first song of yours that I heard, I'm pretty sure was in quarantine. Oh, yeah. Is that the name of it? Quarantine. Yeah. Back during quarantine. Cause that's when I started. <laughs> and I was like, I really hope she comes out with more music. I need, I need more of this. Like this is the, I think it's like the laid back, soulful vibe that I was looking for. And I'm so glad that. you have this EP now because it it will ooh, it will be on repeat. You do not I love that. that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like but indie it. soul. I feel like this EP is very indie soul. I when I yes. started taking myself serious as an artist and was like because you know I've been writing music all my life and it wasn't until maybe four years ago that I was like I should be an artist and perform and create a set. And I had a band and, um, you know, it was so, after you've been writing music for so long, it's like, what songs do you really want to share? <laughs> and, right. and it was so hard because like, it's like you have so much to say, like, when do you say what? And like, I ended up having all this discography that I was like, I want to release this and then Basically, I realized the band format wasn't necessarily best for me because I really have a passion for recording music and putting the production in because I'm obsessed with song structure. So, So when I started doing that, I was like, okay, well, what songs did I make that I like singer songwriter songs that I put with the band? Now, how can I make these songs like a solo act? And basically what ended up happening is I just ended up writing all new music and I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to separate things because I have, I have my whole year of releases planned because I have so many songs like in my back catalog in the vault that I'm just like trying to uh, 
decide how I'm going to group them and release them. That's why I'm, one of the reasons I'm so excited about this EP is I'm like, sweet, six songs out of my vault. I can, <laughs> you know, start making more music again. Yeah, on to the on next. On to the next. That, oh, that is so exciting. And like when I hear your voice, I was, you know, I was thinking about this before. When I hear your voice, I truly believe it is like, nothing I've heard before like I can't even think of like a comparison it's so unique like if the, to those listening if you haven't heard any of Conduit's music you just give it a listen because I'm trying to think I was like I think there's like a 70s-esque kind of tone to it and maybe that's where the soul comes in but th- I just I love your Thank voice you. I really do You're welcome. I do a lot of minor <laughs> pentatonic for those who <laughs> who are looking for it's very the minor pentatonic is a scale used all over the world it's like every every culture has found the minor pentatonic scale and it's just it's a soulful scale it brings people to the soulful place we're getting our music theory yes y'all are that's for sure (laughs) music theory music history this is great like (laughs) I'll just have to have you on again so we can <laughs> dive into another music one hundred and one. Yes, basically music, sound, songs, vibration. <laughs> who who are some of your inspirations? Your musical inspirations? Well, I have so many musical inspirations, but you know, I am definitely that kind of person who is more of a song listener than I am devoted to particular artists. I know sometimes that's okay. like taboo. It's like you're supposed to like listen to the whole album. And- worship the artist but that's just not me if I listen to the album I'm like okay I like track two and I like track six and I'm gonna save those and not I'll listen to those like on repeat so okay. I feel like overall artists I can say overall artists that inspire me but just as much as I can say that there's been individual songs that inspire me um so artist uh Daft Punk um I love some French like disco music um (laughs) i love blood orange i one of the things i love about blood orange which i really try to like pursue with a conduit sound is a great balance of organic instruments and um electronic production you know very yeah wow like dev hines has such an amazing way of making something avant-garde and making something super experimental you'll never hear it on the radio he has like a 10 minute song on soundcloud called can you see me through the flames and it's like about racial inequality and it's like dialogue is coming in and out it's like monologue it's music and then he also has like just bops you know what i mean radio bops that you're like this is modern music that everybody has a palette for and then he can like you know, go do something that nobody's heard. So huge inspiration, Blood Orange. Um, Faye Webster, we love Faye. <gasps> we, I was listening to Faye on the drive. What a great blend of like indie and twang. Like, I love that. That's, yes. I she got the twang. Love, she's got the twang. I'm diving back into <laughs> unapologetically. Like, I don't, I hated country music for so long. But now I'm like, why? But right. why? was it just like the stereotype that was hung around? Exactly. Like, I can enjoy twang if I want to. It, Sorry for interrupting. No, <laughs> you're right. Because people are against country music, I think, very much. 
I mean, pop country music is garbage. Sorry. <laughs> but country music came from blues, okay? Yes. Like, yes. blues came from yes. Black people. Like, country music isn't, like, where twang began, okay? And it's definitely not where twang will end, you know? So, exactly. like, phase yeah. versions of twang. Twang is in a lot of other genres aside from country music, and it started with blues. And blues is, like, what an iconic genre that has touched, like, everything. Like, so much American music. Like, jazz, country, you know what I mean? Rock and roll came yeah. from blues. Like, it did. It did. Rhythm and blues is what paved the way for rock and roll. And and honestly, I just think that's beautiful. No, but seriously, it's a sacred so cool. twang. <laughs> 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 I think we should just make a line of t-shirts or something. <laughs> I agree. Like, bring back twang. <laughs> that's great. Oh, Faye, I yeah. just, I, and her music videos you know i haven't even seen her music videos i watched them over the summer and they're just like the per they're i love how dramatic they are in the sense that they're just outside but with all these colorful props and costumes and things like that but also very retro so the twang just fits in perfectly with like this very almost 60s retro Look. I love oh, a retro look. look. So uh, you know, another yes. artist that super inspires me because, you know, I'm a queer woman. Sometimes I um, sing about sexuality. Um, Megan Thee Stallion, you know what I mean? Maybe people wouldn't assume that that would be inspiring. But um, she is. one, she's an amazing lyricist. And I talk about song structure. Her song structure, like, is it's it's not a coincidence. It's just super, it's, she's really talented. She really knows what she's doing when it comes to writing songs. Plus, not just her melodies and her hooks and the fact that she's hilarious in her lyrics, but, you know, <laughs> singing from this place as a woman where um, you talk about your pleasure, you talk about your empowerment, exactly. you know, and it's just, it is just centering you and your feelings and your emotions. I just feel like, you know, that really inspires me as a singer songwriter. It, it's, she's very vulnerable in her lyrics too. And even yeah. though she's funny and it's like, Oh, ha ha ha. She also, she has serious, stuff she's to got say serious too. stuff to say. She's not messing around. Oh, amazing lyricist. And um, man, I, there's so many, there's so many artists that inspire me. Recently, I got back into Radiohead. Um, Ooh, I, yeah, I saw yeah. on TikTok the big plastic of- trees. Yeah. I listened to that song yes, yes, yes. over and over again. Um, another one of my favorite singer songwriters, and um, I mean, amazing instrumentalist is Nina Simone. Um, I don't know if I've ever listened definitely to Definitely heard of Nina Simone because she plays the song um, I'm Feeling Good. You okay. know, it's like, birds flying high, you know how I feel. You know that song? Yes, yes, I think I do. I think I do. That's the song. She sings a bunch of iconic songs. Plus, she, you know, she's got her whole, like, she got, she's a doctorate in a piano. Okay, she's like the first what? black woman to like receive her 
doctorate in piano. She's like, I mean, she is like a brilliant, she's a brilliant artist and just like how she approached. I, I mean, it's just amazing. I watched her, um, her uh, biography and just her whole journey with music. And I just feel like um, one of my biggest things isn't just song structure. Um, it's when somebody makes the music that they're playing to, like not just a beat that you're playing on, but when they're making the music, how they want to um, depict and dictate their words and then how they use their own accompaniment with that, I think is like super special and Wow, Nina Simone, you have to listen to this song. Everybody, listen to the song um, by Nina Simone. It is called, I, I, I want to say, A Star. Nina Simone, Stars. It's just called Stars, I believe. Okay, I'm writing this all down. It here. is. I mean... <laughs> Her, just her ability, I like I've said this before, and it's where I started with music. Music started with words. Songwriting is storytelling. What makes something impactful in music, like you said, it's like that one artist, Olivia, who goes out and is just playing in nature. You know, a lot of times people think the production, oh, oh, yeah, people get so yeah. caught up in the production and stuff like that. But like a good song is a good song. A good song tells a good story, you know? Exactly, exactly. And it doesn't matter what's being used. It's like, if the storytelling's there, that's, that's it's, what's gonna... I, that's at least what captures my attention. I'm, I'm there yeah, for It's one of the most moving aspects of music. It's, I feel like, what makes everybody, you know, feel connected. Yeah, Stars is the name of the song, live at Montreux. It's like, she, like, recorded it in France. Beautiful song. That song makes me cry, too. Oh, I love that. And like what you were saying about like stories and songs, I for a good portion of last year was reviewing albums for work track by track. So new music and stuff like that. And what would, again, I'm not, I don't have a huge musical background, but what would really make an album stand out to me is the story that it told, like from how all the songs, the order, the tracks and how that was used to tell a story. And one of those, I think, who somebody that just did a phenomenal job with the song placement, the song lyrics, Moses Sumney's um, Gray, mm. his album Gray, it, what he keeps on side A and side B, because he kind of specifies that. And it's just, it's so good. It's like, you feel like you, you're able to hear like this whole growth and movement and change. And it's, it's majestic. It What's his really name? Is. Moses what? Somni? Yes, I think S O M N E Y. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you were saying something earlier that was like, oh, it was what I was talking about getting you. So you're like, thanks for like saying why you wrote that. It's nice to know. One of the reasons I like Nina Simone, I think, is and her storytelling, how it really impacts me is when an artist can talk about something that is very subjective and personal but in the same way that it's subjective and personal, it's a metaphor for something else. So it has the subjective experience and yet it also is transcending that. And 
it's like a myth you know what I mean like it's I mean it's beautiful it's like it's it's very profound to me and yet it's like simple at the same time it's wild right you know who I think does that Fiona Mm. Apple at least in such the bolt cutter like that (laughs) that album was so good I don't know like especially just sharing like a lot of like um I know there were themes of like trauma in the album and just like women going through traumatic experiences and stuff like that and I think her the use of her lyrics and like I don't know I really I really enjoyed that um yeah but yeah that oh this was good this was good um I have a few more these are like not necessarily music related questions but I do always like to talk about food and books on the (laughs) show so (laughs) my first question to you is going to be are you reading a book right now or what was the last book you finished so I am not reading any books I am horrible about finishing books and the older I get the more I'm like not into fiction not into fiction I I love learning so I'm always reading nonfiction. (laughs) um I just like to read articles and I like to read um like just informational text um like Chinese medicine or healing nature of sound or quantum physics or just like weird nutty things um I love that do you read them in magazines or do you, uh, do you have a specific like website or blog I do like, like to read a lot of ebooks you know okay um, yeah. I really like to have an idea like what do I want to learn and then just do a lot of research and development via the internet maybe that's an ebook maybe that's like I read this article then I want to go look up the opposite perspective <laughs> and read that article okay. you know um I would say definitely I'm more article driven than I do read a, a one book. Okay, so you read to inform, and I think that's really great, or to educate yourself on more things. That's great. Yeah. I, I've recently kind of been getting into that. I walked into, you know, Chamblin's yes. in, in town. Yeah, and it's almost overwhelming, like sensory overload, the amount of books they have crammed in there. So I was like, okay, I see it's divided by section. Um maybe I'll just pick a topic like you said that I want to learn more (laughs) about and choose a book from there so that's what I did and I'm really interested in like more of like the history of other nations that the U.S. typically paints in a poor yeah I love history story so I got a book um from their section on Iran I think and it's called I think reading Lolita, uh, reading Lolita in Tehran, and it's like not a not a biopic because that's it's like a biography, I think, or what is it like a like a firsthand oh. account? I don't know of these um, these girls that are students during the Iranian Revolution. So I was I haven't started it yet, but I'm excited. I too. will be <laughs> excited to hear what you what kind of you know insight you get from that I think that's super interesting I love history sometimes I really do map quizzes like (laughs) like it's just interesting to me because when you think about the map it's like we all you know maybe like this country's here this country's there but like we you got to realize like 300 years ago the map didn't look like this and 300 years from now it's not going to look like this either 
especially when you get to places like in the Middle East and your Asia, it's like all those countries, there's so much ancient history there, like ancient records, like you say. And it's interesting. It is interesting how America paints it one way. Um, Like, why is it painted in that way? What other information are are we missing? Exactly. You know, and like, on it, if we're being honest, like, 60 years ago the map exactly exactly (laughs) especially in like the eurasia region of like all the slavic countries you know one thing i i that's one thing for example i went on a research and uh article type of information thing like what is going on over there but um i love that i love that you're like reading history yeah, and I mean, when you said, like, the Slav- Slavic countries, my aunt, she had, every year at Christmas, she used to put up these little, like, Santa Claus, St. Nick figurines, and there was one from each country, like, from a bunch of different countries. They were really cute, and one of my favorite ones was the little Czechoslovakian Santa. I don't know. He looked <laughs> so cute. I loved him, but then a few years later, because, I mean, I remember looking at them as a little girl, and then as I got older, I was looking at them with my dad, and he's like, wait, he's like, that's not even a country anymore, and I was like, oh my goodness, you're right. Like, it's the Czech Republic and Slovakia. I think they're two separate right. countries now, that's- so that's just something I remember in my own lifetime, which is pretty insane. Yeah, it's, you know, there there's a lot going on over there in the Slavic countries. Yeah. It's a big backstory, but yeah, always they've been, you know, remapping those regions for, for a hot minute. For <laughs> a hot minute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and lastly this is because something i absolutely i feel like it says a lot about a person um what is your favorite ice cream flavor i am a neapolitan girl i know that that's kind of like cheating because it's like three flavors but it's <laughs> one flavor um it is one flavor you get the best to do you ever world. like want ice cream and you're like i don't want any bits of my ice cream and then other times you're like i want bits you know what I mean? Yes. Like, I yes. just want smooth texture or I want, like, crunchy. So, um, <laughs> you know, Neapolitan is, like, my smooth texture because I get best of both worlds. Not going to lie. I neglect the vanilla side a little bit. But um, I... You're there for the real show. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe just chocolate and strawberry together is my favorite flavor. Um, Ooh, it's such a good combination. I love some Ben and Jerry's, though, too, I have to say. Oh yes. What's what's your what's your go-to? Um, I wow, there's so many. Um, I love the Tonito. I love Cherry Garcia. Um, there's probably some others I can't name because you know their names are so <laughs> are so wild. They're so yeah. weird. <laughs> what about you? What's your favorite flavor? I'm a I'm a chunky monkey mm. girl when it comes to Ben and Jerry's. I love the I love dark chocolate and like you said, like the clusters of things in there. Um, but my favorite flavor of all time is super controversial. It's mint chocolate <laughs> chip. Um, I either get hated on for it or people are like, yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> but like I had a roommate one time that I, like we were talking about our favorite ice cream flavors and she just goes, that's disgusting she's like so you enjoy eating toothpaste I was like I mean I like brushing my teeth but I don't think mint ice cream has the same effect okay. because we put mint in toothpaste um, doesn't mean doesn't mean we can't still eat it in other places 
<laughs> I know. I just thought that was so funny. It is controversial, but though. Yeah, you're when right. You said... Yeah. Oh, it's. I love it, and that's why I love asking people their thoughts <laughs> on ice cream flavors. It's just. It's so funny, and I'm so glad you love Neapolitan because I used to work at an ice cream so shop in high school, and my favorite recommendation to give to people was our fudgy mm. brownie flavor with our strawberry I love chocolate. a fudge. I love a chocolate those. ice cream and I love a berry ice cream so like that that is that I can just tell already that's where it's at it was a match made in heaven it was really beautiful um yeah <laughs> so, there's there's my take on ice cream flavors. I love that indie popsicle right yeah yeah so part of the name was because I was like um I like ice cream and I like music <laughs> So I'm just gonna put there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's the brand. Yeah. yeah, back in the day, it was like I was like, maybe I want this to be a food blog because for a good portion of my life, I was set on becoming like just something in the food mm. industry, either owning my own bakery, working for Food Network magazine. Um, since then, I think my interests have changed, but if they were to offer me a job at Food Network, I think I would <laughs> say this with a heartbeat. <laughs> Just like my inner child would be so thrilled and proud. You're a foodie. <laughs> yes. Oh that. my god, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. Thank you. Would And everybody should listen to Only Human EP. It's out there. It's amazing. Do you want to plug your socials where people can Sure. Um, You can find me on Instagram at conduit. That's C-O-N-D-U-I-T dot official. Um, I'm on Twitter. I just got on Twitter, y'all. And my Twitter is actually Whistling Noodle. That's kind of like... Um, you know, it's kind of where Conduit and Bailey like merge because Whistling Noodle is kind of like my personal IG. Um, so find me on Twitter okay. and I'm also on TikTok. I'll be honest with y'all. I'm, su- I'm much more active on TikTok because the audience on TikTok is so nice and engaging and I love them. They're my friends. So yeah, I love it. It's I- like the whole aspect of TikTok. I just feel like it's just so homey on there so people clown on it i love it i follow all these little like food tiktokers and it's just so wholesome i love that yeah it's like i i like how people can interact with each other on tiktok through duets and through comments it's just really it's really cool and people are just um you know, like social media platforms, they come, they get really big, then everybody's like, okay, I don't really want to be on there. And it's like TikTok, I just feel like there's a lot of people on TikTok who are on there, they don't know anybody else on there. They're literally just on there to find organic content. You know what I mean? It's not about, just they're vibes. literally just on there for vibes. <laughs> it's not about likes, it's not about views. <laughs> it's not about a discovery page. You know what I mean? Instagram can be sometimes like really. Um, sometimes I feel like people feel like Instagram is fake. You know what I mean? And I think that's just because yeah, it's been around yeah. for so long. Whereas TikTok, mm-hmm. it's, it's very, very curated. curated. And TikTok is so like, not that, it, you know, you won't find some of that, but I just feel like it's not as curated. So it's just, it's easier to connect with people 
um, because it just feels like less scripted, like you can be a bit more authentic, less calculated. And I love that. Um, people are super nice on there. So y'all find me on TikTok or find me on Instagram. It's conduit.official. Um, I'm on Facebook too and on Twitter, but not as active. <laughs> and also you can go to my website if there's like it, the whole, everything is really on my website, uh, conduit-official. I also have merch I just made. I like yes DIY some I upcycled some shirts. I literally learned embroidery for it. It was a fun time. Um, they're they're beautiful. They're very groovy. I love them. So yeah, there's, <laughs> that's where you can reach me. guys for listening to that episode of the indie popsicle it was edited by me carissa marquez and that's why things are a little shaky and don't necessarily sound the best so thank you for putting up with that and intro and outro music was by hayden keltner you can find me on instagram at the indie popsicle or twitter at indie underscore popsicle thanks for listening